0: I've always been drawn to studying languages. I feel like when you study a language, you expand who you are. And it's a miraculous feeling when you suddenly go from the point where you can't understand the words of another person to suddenly you hear them speak and you know what they're saying. When I was entering college, I was coming off of a time that in fact was my biggest to that point in my life, crisis of faith. It happened when I was in high school. And as I was 18 and entering into a, a new scene and a new experience, I had a lot of pieces to put back together. The pieces of my faith were not whole at that time, even more than I realized. And for some reason I was drawn to a very unusual singing group that had a lot to do with languages. We were a group that had been founded during the Cold War to keep some musical traditions alive when they weren't allowed to be sung in the homeland. And the majority of what we sang was in Russian, but we also sang in other Slavic languages, including Church Slavonic. And about half of what we sang were rousing folk songs. And the other half of what we sang was sacred music, hymns from the Russian Orthodox Church. Interestingly, this group was not a religious organization. There were people of all different faith backgrounds. We had committed atheists. We had Christians of varying stripes. We had Buddhists. And we even had some members of the group who were Jewish that were in fact Orthodox Jews who wore their yarmulkes as we sang together these hymns about Jesus. Something happened during that time, something very healing as we would be singing together and growing together in our relationship with one another, our friendship. When you make music that way, you become one instrument. And singing is so incredible because the instrument is actually your body, your breath, the way that the wind moves through you to make the sound and you do it all together, breathing as one and singing, generating sound as one. It was a transcendent experience an experience of oneness and a real gift to me at that time to be able to liberate myself from language and what we arrived at was actually something above language another sort of miracle it's a very pentecostal experience this is One of the great days in the life of the church, they talk about it as the birthday of the church when the Spirit comes and rests on the heads of the disciples and gives them the ability to speak in a way that everybody can understand. It's the exact opposite of the Tower of Babel when language divided people. Now people are miraculously united in understanding. And I think it's even more than language. Something above language is what's really going on here at Pentecost. And there's an important word that we get today, a word that is worth highlighting. It is the word ruach. In Hebrew it's ruach. In Greek, it's pneuma. And the word means breath. And that very same word for the word breath also means spirit. And we learn about Ruach right from the very first chapter of Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, where God's wind blows upon the waters, which could be translated, God's breath was blown upon the waters. And then God creates life. God breathes into the nostrils of this first human form that he created, blessing what had been dust with life and humanity wholeness. And that's the other word. We hear in the Gospel of John's reading today where Jesus arrives. It's the evening of Easter day. He comes into the room and the disciples are fearful at that time. They're huddled together in the room and they have locked all the doors. They're afraid of the religious authorities coming for them. And then Jesus arrives. He's suddenly in their midst. And what's the first thing that he says to them when he sees them? He says, shalom. Shalom aleichem, which means peace be with you. And the word shalom we translated in English is the word peace. But it means so much more than peace. The word shalom actually means wholeness. It means healing. And he knows that they are not whole. They are in need of shalom." It was a common greeting, but I don't think that it was used just in a common way. In fact, he repeats himself. And in between saying this to him, to them, he does something else. He breathes on them. His ruach, his breath, he shares it with those in the room. It really strikes me at this time, I find it interesting as we are working so hard for safety and for good reason to avoid breath being shared. You know, one thing that's not flying off the shelves right now is Listerine or breath strips because over a Zoom meeting, it doesn't matter. But here, Jesus is physically in their midst and he breathes upon them. He shares the spirit with all of them. And by doing so, he brings them wholeness. And while meditating on this word, ruach, the word breath, it jumps out at me this week that George Floyd said those words, I can't breathe. We're facing a time right now where racism is more evident than it even has been in recent years. It isn't new. It actually has never gone away, but it feels like everything is on the rise. And we need to speak about that. We need to say names like the name of George Floyd and many others who have been on the receiving end of racism and violence and oppression. And in his case, his breath was stolen when his life was stolen. And I feel like that actually illustrates what happens. Racism steals breath. It diminishes the spirit. It takes away life for all. We're at a place right now where we've been in this situation for months. The situation of COVID is what I'm talking about. We have heard good things lifted up about good in heroic acts, inspiring things that people have been doing. I have been amazed by this church and so many other religious organizations at the ability to translate what we've been doing and do it in new ways, to be agile. We're still being the church, even though we aren't able to use this historic and inspiring building like we would like to. And we're not able to gather physically. And these things are all good, things to celebrate. But a word that I have not been hearing, and I think it's time for us to use and to embrace and to say, is the word healing. I think we are ready for healing. We have been in this long enough. Woundedness has grown. It is time for us to acknowledge our need for healing and also for us to answer the call to be healers. There's a famous phrase that Henry Nouwen used, the wounded healer. I think that was a correction on perhaps an earlier perception that healers have it all together and that's why they're healers. And he pointed out, actually in your woundedness, it empowers you to heal. But I would like to also make sure that we don't have the emphasis on the woundedness. It's the both, acknowledging the need for healing and acknowledging the call upon each of us to be healers. And I pray for us as individuals, as part of the St. John's community, part of the way of Jesus, part of citizens of the broader community, that we would find ways, not just with words, but with actions, to be healers. To do so, we would be answering the call to be part of the life of the Spirit, the wind of God, the breath of God, that we would use our breath to share the Holy Spirit to bring the miracle of understanding, of connection, of transcendence, of healing, and shalom. Amen.